You are listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom. Soul Searching is a journey where I engage with faith leaders and academics to explore deep questions of meaning. Questions that all of us ask at some point in our lives, such as, why are we here? What is right and wrong? Is there good and evil? Is truth relative or absolute? Is there life after death? And to help us in our journey this evening, we're very honored to be joined by Amelia Youssefi, a member of the Santa Fe Baha'i community. Amelia, welcome. Thank you so much, Rabbi Neil, for having me here. Of today. course. Um, so tell us, where does the Baha'i faith originate? What's, it, what's its history? Well, the Baha'i faith originates in Persia, what is today known as Iran, uh, in the middle of the 19th century. And um, we can situate its its history in a context of um, a society that we know Persian culture, if we think about it in history, as a, a culture that spread wide, it, it really flourished, it brought great advances in, in the arts and sciences and um, really wonder, brought about wonderful things. And at the time in the middle of the 19th century, it had really fallen into a state of decay, a lot of corruption. And so this is sort of the historical context in which the Baha'i faith emerged. Mm. Um, also, what was happening is that uh, some branches of uh, Islam had interpreted the sacred right, Islamic writings uh, and um, interpreted that it was a time of a second coming, a time of uh, the time of fulfillment of a lot of prophecies of Islam, and they were out searching um, for a new messenger of God. Uh-huh. Uh, so we in the Baha'i faith, we actually have two, um, what we refer to as manifestations of God. We can go into that a little bit more sure. later on. Uh, but um, one known as the Bab, which means the gate, and Baha'u'llah, which translates from the Arabic as uh, the glory of God. And um, the Bab was like the forerunner for Baha'u'llah, and he announced that his mission was to prepare the way for the arrival of a manifestation of God that would bring forth a new religion for this day. Um, so the the Bob's ministry is actually very short, only six years. Ah. Um, it was met with a lot of persecution because uh, a lot of people at the time became Bobbies, and um, there was um, severe persecution at the time. Um, thousands of people were, were martyred or imprisoned, and amongst them was the Bob himself, who in 1850 was martyred. Uh, And a few years later, Baha'u'llah announced his mission as a manifestation of God, bringing forth a new religion for this day. It's quite extraordinary, this history that you're sharing, partly because it's so modern. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's surprisingly modern, I, I guess, for me. Um, when we think back to religions forming, we often think thousands of years ago and, and exactly. so on. I'm, I'm struck by the idea that you were saying people were looking for someone mm-hmm. and they found them. Mm-hmm. And to me, that the, the idea that comes to my mind is, you know, seek and you shall find. Um, what if they hadn't been seeking? Would um, Baha'u'llah have manifested anyway? Um, what's the theology behind that? Mm, that's a really interesting question. Um, I This is, of course, all of this is really my own personal interpretations sure, sure. Of, of all of this. I'm just a, a humble member of the Baha'i community, not a, not a leader in any way. Um, 
But I, I believe that God being this unknowable essence, this our creator, uh, who certainly must have a plan for us and for humanity, um, I, I would imagine that even had there not been anyone looking, uh, God's plan would manifest in some way. No? See, this is, this is particularly interesting, this idea of a plan, mm-hmm. because does that mean that we don't have free will? Mm. Does that mean that everything that we do is already preordained? Or are there sort of signposts set on the way that we'll get to eventually? What, what's your belief personally? Um, my belief is that there, there's a bit of a combination there, you know, that, that we receive guidance, that we believe in the Baha'i faith that we are created out of God's love. Okay. You know, Baha'u'llah says in one of his quotes, I love thy creation, hence I created thee. Um, and so as a part of that, God has promised us his guidance throughout our lives and throughout history. Um, that we will never be left alone and we will always be guided and instructed. And at the same time, we are created with free will mm-hmm. to accept or not accept or follow or not follow. And that is for each of us to decide and to search. One of my questions with a plan, and I, I personally used to hold a very strong theology of a plan mm-hmm. Until meeting certain um, negative events in my life and I realized this would be a terrible plan. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you account for suffering? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't just mean uh, moral evils, the suffering mm-hmm. that people do to each other, but, but the natural evils of you know, tens of thousands of people being wiped out in an earthquake or a tsunami yes. or something yes. like that. Where does that fit into a plan? Mm. That is such a deep question. Um, I think we're we're told in the Baha'i writings that we are in this life to grow and develop and develop our human, um, I'm sorry, our spiritual virtues. And in a lot of ways, this is achieved through suffering, not Perhaps that suffering is a plan in and of itself, but that it helps us to grow. And, um, and it's part of the conditions of this contingent world, of this physical world right. that we're in. Uh, we believe that the soul is eternal, that this is the first, our first plane of existence, so to speak. Uh-huh. Uh, but that the soul will continue to evolve forever um, towards growing towards God, you know, continuing to grow and to develop in, in infinite worlds of God, spiritual worlds of God. So part of the, of the nature and the reality of this physical world that we are in is suffering and is our, how we grow and overcome suffering. Interesting, there's quite, uh, my guest two weeks ago was from the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, and there's mm-hmm. quite strong links there, mm-hmm. I'd suggest, for my limited understanding of of the role of suffering and the development of the soul. Mm-hmm. It, it seems Baha'i has, uh, has influences from a number of different faiths. Would that be a, a fair thing to say? Definitely, definitely. And I would even take it a step further in saying that we believe that all these traditions or religions are, are links of one same chain and one same truth, 
that we all come from one source, one God, no matter what we call it uh, in different languages and mm. different traditions, but one one creator, and that all of these are messages and parts of the same truth. And so, yes, they obviously, in that context, will will complement each other and have a lot of similarities. But then what happens when the faith traditions disagree on something? Um, thinking off the top of my head, uh, Judaism says God um, is is um, cannot be made manifest in flesh. Christianity mm-hmm. says God can. Mm-hmm. So where does the Baha'i community stand on, you know, when there are such wide differences mm-hmm. in theology, what are, essentially, what are the core tenets of, of Baha'i tradition that suggest this is the root of everything? The way that we see it is that as humanity evolves, so does its understanding and capacity to understand uh, more and more about ourselves, about our creator, about our surroundings. And so these messengers, these manifestations that God uh, periodically sends to us, uh, each build on what the former has uh, has brought to us. You know, so none of them are really in contradiction of each other, but we can find ways to understand that they complement each other, if that makes sense. And so it's like schooling where we cannot deny what came before us, right. but we need more and more as we grow and evolve as a society. See, your clarification there is very helpful because when you started saying as humanity evolves, our understanding grows, I thought that's going to be a problem for me as a Jew because Judaism being older than Christianity and Islam, for example, mm-hmm. does that mean that ours was really basic and that that it got better as it went on? But what you're saying, if I'm right, is we're talking about a foundation mm-hmm. and then a slightly different way of looking mm-hmm. at the world building on itself. Is that, is that a fair? Yes, yes. And and in no way does it diminish right. any of the faiths. And there there are so many writings uh, that I wish I could bring to mind from sure. from memory. You no, know, that speak to the nature of of manifestations and their relationship to God and their relationship to humanity, and and that explain that uh, it doesn't mean that one manifestation has less ability or capacity or or or, um, or is it in any way less or more than the other they they all have um, they're like mirrors right that reflect the sun and they all have the same capacity to reflect God uh, for us uh, it is our human limited understanding at the time what um, determines how much a manifestation can share with us. I I find this fascinating because by the sound of it, the Baha'i tradition is trying to bring in as many faith traditions as possible. But then I think about, uh, I mean, you're talking about the the differing manifestations. There are so many differing religions in the world Mm -hmm. um, that are there some that are, are, are there areas of the world that weren't really experiencing or showing manifestations you know are there for example are there religions that come from africa where you think ah well this is also a manifestation is it all religions how how does it work um yes for us it's it's definitely 
all religions, whether we know of them or not, because uh, it, to me at least, I, I can't imagine that there might be an area of the world that God would have neglected to right. guide, you know. So uh, at all times of, in history and in all places of the world, whether we are aware of them or not. See, and, and this is fascinating for me because if revelation is progressive, if if there are these differing manifestations that keep appearing throughout history, um, how do you determine which one is authentic and which one isn't? What if somebody turns around and says, I am now the next manifestation? How do you know? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the main tenets of the Baha'i faith is independent investigation of the truth. Ah. And to me, this means that we each have the capacity to learn, to research, to to investigate and determine what seems like the truth or not. And and I think that we each have this ability to search and to filter and to determine for ourselves. Well, we're going to take a pause on it and we're going to come back to that because I think that's a fascinating idea. We'll take a quick break. You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom and my guest this evening, Amelia Yousefi, a member of the Santa Fe Baha'i community. And we'll be back after this break. You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom and the Interfaith Leadership Alliance of Santa Fe. And I'm uh, continuing a conversation with Amelia Yousefi, a member of the Santa Fe uh, Fe Baha'i community. And before the break, you were talking about one of the main principles being this independent investigation of the truth that we can all do. Um, And that challenges me because aren't we by in and of ourselves subjective? Um, aren't we born into a particular way of thinking, which makes, isn't the role of independence to be something outside ourselves if we're investigating something? This is why in, you know, criminal trials, people can't investigate themselves because we know they'll be biased. How do you get beyond that in the, in the Baha'i tradition so that for you, everyone can individually independently investigate the world? Um, what comes to mind is one of the writings of Baha'u'llah that says that we we have to sort of leave behind everything that we have learned in order to search for the truth. Um, and so in order to do that, we sort of have to let go of everything that we have learned before, which is not an easy thing to do. Right. I wonder, is it is it possible? Is it actually possible? Because just the way our society itself is framed, we think particular ways. I think as a Western white individual, um, as opposed to somebody born thousands of miles away, whose concepts of the world are totally different. Mm -hmm. Is it is it ever possible to totally let everything that we've learned go in order to investigate? I truly don't know. (laughs) I mean, in the sense that uh, it it is a personal experience for each person, right? Uh, But I think that the more that we expose ourselves to everything that is out there, and here's where things like your program really play such a crucial role, in my opinion, um, because... The more we see, the more we understand, the more we open our minds, the more mm. we can broaden our understanding and and really um, discover what resonates 
with each of us. Right. So, so it's an aspiration to, uh, that's born of knowledge and and so on as we develop. This is continuing an idea of development. Isn't and it? and I and also I think if we have purity of intention mm. and we can find that connection through prayer, especially. Um, and ask for that guidance, certainly we will be guided in the way that we need to. And since you mentioned it, um, tell me mm-hmm. about prayer. Are there What's the role of prayer in Baha'i faith? Are there particular key prayers? Are there particular times of prayer? Mm-hmm. Well, well, prayer has a very big role in, in the life of a Baha'i. Um, we have many, many uh, prayers and writings revealed by Baha'u'llah himself in his lifetime, uh, and we are instructed to pray morning and, and evening and uh, to choose from, you know, whichever prayers that we that we like. Uh, so there's no set liturgy? There's no set in the morning you must say this, in the evening you must say this? No. Interesting. No, not specifically, except for one prayer that we call the daily obligatory prayer, which actually are three that we can choose from depending on the length of time that we want to spend on our daily prayer. Interesting. Uh, So So if you're in a rush? You say a very short uh, prayer that is to be said once in 24 hours. Uh, or, or you can choose the the longer right. obligatory prayer, uh, all with the goal of having a moment of communion with God, of bringing yourself to account uh, each day and and uh, developing that connection with our Creator. We see prayer as as a ladder, as a way of conversing and communing with our Creator. Is it possible? Or how? Let me say, how is it possible to commune? At the very beginning, you said God is unknowable. Mm-hmm. How is it possible to commune with the unknowable in your tradition? Mm-hmm. Well, through uh, we believe that through these manifestations, we we is how we are able to cultivate some form of of knowledge, you know, quote unquote, right. of right. God, really, truly. Uh, we will never know God. You know, we will, uh, the cr- creation never fully knows its creator. Really. Right. Uh, but we can maybe glimpse a little bit of, of, of God's attributes and names through these manifestations of their role. So and in prayer, we can access a state maybe of communion with our with our spirit, which re- has the ability of reflecting these qualities of God. So we go into like a deeper place of understanding. I like that the sort of emanation and imitation mm-hmm. and so on. I think that's lovely. So so is that what's the ultimate purpose of life for a Baha'i? Mm-hmm. Is it that reflection of God or is it something else? Yes, yes, it's that reflection of God. It's the developing of these spiritual virtues and qualities that Baha'u'llah says, Baha'u'llah says in one of his quotes that man is like a mine that is rich in gems, of an, he says, of inestimable value, and that only through education we can bring forth these, these gems and allow mankind to benefit from them. So uh, we all have the capacity to bring forth these um, what is latent and potential within us, uh, these, these spiritual attributes that reflect God and, um, and be of service to humanity through this. 
and and prepare ourselves for the our spiritual life in the world to come. There's something very positive about your faith. Mm-hmm. Very um, from from an outside perspective very affirming in the sense of everyone has the potential to and the world is moving in a good place mm-hmm. and and i remember reading on the website um the main bahai website where it said humanity having passed through the ages of infancy and childhood now stands at the threshold of its collective maturity i mean that's a really mm-hmm. bold positive mm-hmm. statement the hallmark of which will be the unification of the human race in a global civilization and that's such a positive almost messianic vision that other faith communities have um but it it speaks in such certainty and i look at the world today and i think we seem further from that now than we did even 5 years ago so so what does that mean for you do you feel the world is still going forwards um or is that a belief that you have in the sense of it looks like it's going backwards but this is just a temporary thing you know we we see the the rise of nationalism and isolationism and and racism around the world and i can understand on um in the 19th century i can understand a, a feeling of of things are moving in the right direction and then we had you know great world wars and, and and you know nuclear energy nuclear weapons we had we have the destruction of the environment that's happening today how how can we unify how how does that work mm-hmm. oh yeah there are there are so many answers to to those questions um but mainly in this historical moment where we are that that we're in in which we are we consider that we are in this moment of adolescence on the verge of maturity adolescence is a time of a lot of upheaval upheaval right and so what we see is is that moment in time where all this upheaval is going to lead us in that direction of what we believe and um doesn't doesn't can i just ask that yes. doesn't that mean again it comes back to interestingly to the biblical question of it what's the stages how long does each stage last is mm. is adolescence has that been the last few thousand years mm. because i i look at the middle ages and i look at i think we haven't really changed from warlike societies in some sense societies got better and we have you know better justice system and and cross global communication and and justice systems and so on but haven't we always been warlike and um and destructive um so how long has that adolescence gone on for Well I think in part that depends on that's where our, our that issue of free will comes in no and that uh. and that depends on how how quickly do we do we grasp what is possible and and do we transform and change uh but also um I'm having to gather my thoughts it's, here it's for a, a moment on the moment it is a challenging question but I think uh we're we're bombarded with negative messages from the media right. is one thing i think that there is a lot that is happening in the world today that is unifying us that is bringing us together that wasn't possible years ago and that we are capable of today uh, even through our scientific advances and technical technological advances that allow us to know what's happening on the other side of the world right. and to relate to each other in a way that we couldn't before because we weren't even aware of each other You know so we are in in a lot of ways already 
on that direction, in that direction. And also what is happening is that a lot of this, um, what we could call old world order, needs mm. to collapse, needs to um, fall apart in order for a new world order to be unfolded. And so we're seeing two processes happening at the same time. One is this construction of a new civilization that will that will bring about the unification of the world and at the same time the crumbling of what doesn't serve us anymore. And, and we've certainly had guests on this show before talking in particular about patriarchy and the patriarchal society mm -hmm. and how that needs to unfold. Yes. Um, but also uh, essentially a white Western dominant society mm -hmm. and how it needs to become more global and inclusive. Mm -hmm. and, and I totally understand what you're saying. You know, when we turn on the news and we hear, see of a famine in another part of the world, in the past, we would never have even been aware of it, mm -hmm. let alone try to assist Whereas now at least we have that capability of helping. So mm -hmm. I can I can certainly see, again, that very positive, optimistic, you know, this is going in the right way perspective. I, I can certainly understand that. L let me ask, um, ultimately, what, what what's at the core of Baha'i? What, what is it that that if you were to summarize the Baha'i faith, ultimately, you would say mm -hmm. Baha'i is this? What is that? I think mainly it's the concept of oneness. Oneness of, uh, of oneness of God or source or creator or however we want to call it, um, oneness of religion as we talked about before and in the the commonalities between between religions and oneness of humanity, uh, regardless of race of social status of. Um, you know, wherever we come from, mm. we're all, we believe we are all one. And that through our work in eliminating our prejudices and seeing each, in seeing the bro brotherhood amongst us is how we will uh, evolve to the, this next phase that we were talking about. And it, it's fascinating for me that you talk about the oneness of humanity and not particularly the oneness of creation. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I noticed on the website, the same website, said that humanity has the capacity to emancipate itself from the world of nature. And I found that very surprising. Mm -hmm. and, and so I'm wondering, and we've only got a minute or so left, I'm wondering if you can just very quickly summarize, you know, is there a connection with nature in the Baha'i faith? And what is that? Yes, definitely a profound connection and respect for nature. So I think this idea of emancipation from nature is more has to do with how uh, as humans, we have the capacity to um, act from our spiritual ah. side and overcome our more animalistic uh, tendencies, which we need, of course, for survival, but that we can we can act from a place of compassion as opposed to a place of of hatred or or, or uh, you know where where our, um, baser tendencies take us towards so we don't need to be red in tooth and claw as people say yes. of nature i see yes. that's this has been absolutely fascinating so I, I really want to thank you for coming thank you so much for having me Rabbi. my guest this evening has been amelia Yousefi, the a member of the santa fe baha'i community and really thank you for your profound answers i do hope that you're able to come back again and to share more wisdom thank you it's been an honor You've been listening to Soul Searching with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom and from the Interfaith Leadership Alliance of Santa Fe.
Until we return again in two weeks' time, keep searching.